Coming up, how has canceled culture ruined real connections in our workplaces? Where every conversation feels like it's a minefield? We're going to dive into that and then what you can do about it. Let's go. Helping you win at work so that you can win in every area of your life. I'm Ken. Welcome aboard. So, cancel culture. It's everywhere because it had started in the media and it became such a thing and then it moved into social media. And then as we watched public figures go through this seeming uh, ostracization and you've been banished to a corner of shame as we as just regular individuals who aren't uh, you know, in the news every day and, and everybody doesn't know our name and, and, and we're watching all of this and, and, and you can't see all of this happen without having some sense of concern that may even border on fear that if you were to say something uh, in a weak moment or say something that sounded one way and you didn't mean it that way and we've all fallen victim to that, right? Where we've said something with a tone and we didn't mean it that way or we actually said something and it came across one way we didn't mean it that way. But whatever the circumstance is, when you see what has happened in our country on social media, it happens right in front of you, uh, in the media, you start to go, this could happen to me. I could be seen as a jerk or unpleasant person. I might get punished at work or even fired. Now, why are we in this situation? Because never before have we seen people have so much freedom without consequence to share how offended they are. Social media has changed the game. The stuff that people say on social media under the banner of you offended me. And so now I can respond. It's shocking because most people, not all, but most people will type something that they wouldn't say face to face. Now you've got this lunatic fringe and, 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 and this is not, by the way, it's not exclusive to any one side of the political aisle or, spiritual aisle or whatever you want to say here. It's just, it is a person who is so unhealthy, borderline, you know, mental illness or full on mental illness that will say some really damaging and violent and do violent things. So that's a very small percentage of our population. But what is not a small percentage are people who are so easily offended and they will take it out on you and seek to, You ready for this? Punish you. Straight up punish you. So that's where we sit. So here's a question for you, the audience, watching and listening. I just want you to answer it for yourself where you are as you listen or watch. Do you believe that casual conversation at work in the office has become a minefield? Now, some of you may go, I don't think so, Ken. And that's going to be a great, great um, marker that you are in a very healthy culture. You might be not only in a healthy culture, you might be um, surrounded by people that share a lot of values. That's fantastic. 
Okay? But I think the numbers say that it is true. Now, this is a 2019 survey. So imagine, this is four years ago. This study, 63% of U.S. employees, regardless of gender or seniority, feel they cannot share an idea, opinion, or concern at work. Now, this has some context to it, but it is very relevant to what we're talking about. The context here is they don't feel like they could speak up in a meeting, so they're not, you know, they don't feel seen or heard, and that's uh, that's that's a problem. That's not healthy, okay? But it's also any old opinion about anything in life, because watch, the number one reason why 63% of employees felt like they couldn't share something at work, they didn't want to seem combative. Now, a person who says, I don't speak up because I don't want to seem combative is probably a person that wouldn't come across as combative. Here's what I know. I'm a uh, recovering confrontationalist. I like confrontation. I think it's healthy. I think it needs to be done the right way, and when I'm off, I'll admit it. All right, but my point is this. (laughs) I rarely am worried about coming across as confrontational or combative because I like a good old, let's have a good, in a meeting, Let's. I I disagree, and and, and I want to watch myself and guard myself, and I have a lot of areas to grow here, and I am raw around the edges. Let me just tell you, folks, I'm an intense dude. Sometimes it's, it's I don't say it the right way. My point is this. A person who is worried about coming across as combative is rarely going to come across as combative. So what does that tell me? What that tells me is, is that the workplace has become a bubble where people are afraid of stepping on someone's toes on any comment. No one wants to be the jerk. Even the jerk doesn't want to be a jerk. You realize this? They don't want to be a jerk. They're not in a healthy place, and therefore they are hurting and they hurt people. But 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 they don't want to do this. And you who are not hurting, you certainly don't want to hurt others. All right. So now we now we take in the cancel culture where you're sitting around having a conversation. Someone else lobs a conversation point in. It may be about a social issue, maybe about a political candidate, it may be about whatever. A television show, a movie. You start talking about the character, the nuances, or there's a problem, there's a social, and all of a sudden everybody starts to get really nervous. Why? Because we are afraid of offending someone. Not because we are in any way being untoward, but we just don't know what anybody's going to say or do. They can look you right in the eye, smile at you, and then go behind your back and go, they said something that offended me. Cancel culture has created this license to punish someone over something that they said. So it leaves us with two options in the workplace. The first option is we withdraw. I go in, I do my job, I don't interact with anybody beyond what is A to B to C to D. I don't involve myself in any water cooler or cafeteria conversations or hanging out in the hallway. I just withdraw because I don't want to put myself in that position. The second option is we withdraw into small cliques of like-minded people. So both of these on the surface are safe, right? 
I put myself in a padded room. I don't talk to anybody about anything other than just work stuff. All right, that's one option. The other option is is I find other people and and I can talk openly with them. But now I become a part of a clique, and it's very obvious. Oh, there are the so-and-sos, right? And you're defined. And people know it creates more separation. So the point I'm making is, is that if those are your two approaches to just withdraw, then what happens is, is you are limiting your ability to connect. And if you aren't connecting on a relational level with your leader, if you're not connecting on a relational level with your coworkers, you are limiting your long-term potential. It's that simple. So what do we do in this weird new world? I'll cover that next. If you're enjoying this show, first of all, thank you for engaging and being here. Second, uh, would you, if you are on YouTube, like these videos that you are enjoying and uh, subscribe to the channel while you're just that quick click and share. And if you're listening via your favorite podcast app, would you give us a follow, a five-star review and share an episode that you think will encourage someone that needs it. All right. We're talking about how canceled culture has ruined real connection in the workplace. Okay. And what it has done is put everybody on guard on one level. The second thing that it has done, it has made people withdraw. So people are on guard. They're not truly connecting. They're just constantly, oh, I don't want to step on a landmine. And then they are withdrawing individually and isolating themselves, or they are they are withdrawing to clicks. And I have I've never been in an organization like that where I had to choose. I, I will tell you, one of the blessings of working at Ramsey Solutions is, is that um, I have a lot of like-minded people that even if we disagree on something politically or theologically or something like that that would be sticky, what's interesting is we're all we're all connected to the mission. So it's really easy, and we're going to get to this in a second, about how you can connect with coworkers that you may disagree with on a lot of things and therefore not isolate yourself individually or isolate yourself into a clique. So what do we do? First, there's a sense here that I think you're going to have to be courageous. In other words, be brave and and say, you know what? I'm going to pursue connection and relationship. And I'm not saying you got to be BFFs, but I'm going to pursue connection and then relationship with my leader and my coworkers. I'm going to put myself out there knowing that it may not go the way that I would like. It might be a winding path. It might fall flat on its face, but I'm going to be brave enough to put myself out there and make no mistake. I'm using the word brave and courage on purpose because this is a form of relationship risk. Just like it's risky to ask a person out on a date, are they going to say yes? Are they going to say no? You know, um, this is risky to put yourself out there. But the way that you do this is you begin to carve, and I'm going to use 
gosh, this is going to sound violent. It's not, but I'm going to use a machete like you're in the jungle and there is no path. And, and we're just kind of, we're just cutting through all the underbrush and we're creating a path forward. And the way that we do that is conversationally look for opportunities to connect. When you're interacting with a teammate or your leader, um, find moments, even though we've got an agenda, yes, and we've got to get through the meeting, but find moments, look for moments to interject a question about them personally. And this is, again, I've taught a lot on this on the show, but this is just showing some basic interest. And you begin to just knock down some of your fears, maybe some of their fears about stuff. And again, if, if you're in a situation, all of a sudden the topic gets weird and you're like, uh-oh, this could be a, a landmine. You know what you do? Smile and nod. Don't engage. Okay? But if you're sitting in a situation, you you know you always have the opportunity to redirect the conversation. Steer it another way. Something more fun, personal. You know, or hey, I'm not I'm not involved in this situation. I got a call. I got you know whatever, and I remove myself. It does not mean that you remove yourself from connection. So you got to cut a path towards your teammates and your leader by simply finding commonalities and values and things that you can connect on and have conversation on that steer clear of landmines. Well, Ken, what do I do if I'm if I'm having this kind of conversation and something comes up and they they drop something out there and they say something with some fervor and I don't agree with it. It's a great question. What do you do? What you got to do is, is ask them. Just go, you know, I don't know. I don't, uh, why do you feel that way? Redirect it back to them. They love their own opinion. We don't have to run to the corners like cockroaches when the light comes on. We don't have to run away. Hey, redirect it back at them. Well, Ken, it irritates me. I can't stand what they believe. I got it. But guess what? They brought you into it. You're into it now. How do you stay in the moment and not run from them and create this boundary? Very simple. Redirect it back to them. Well, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. Or, yeah, I may have a different But what do you feel? Why do you feel that way? Now, this is what's interesting about this. What could be a landmine if you start acting awkward or you allow it to create division could end up be uh, could end up being a indirect route to connection because if they have any sense at all they could go I don't I don't know that they agree with me on that but boy they they just kind of redirected it back at me they they, they kind of sidestep that and 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 I see what they're doing here they're not you're not taking a position and I don't want to do this. So I'll tell you what, I'll seek to understand your position. Really? Why do you, what, what, what do you think shapes that? What's, what's the underlying philosophy there? You know, Hey, and now all of a sudden they begin to realize that you might very well disagree with them. They're not quite sure how and where, but they also realize that you respect their opinion and in doing so, you respected them in that conversation and you gained some understanding about how they're wired. And now you realize, okay, there's something below the surface here. I may disagree with it, but I don't have to fight. And then keep building this way. Keep building 
this technique to ask other people about what they're interested in and what their hobbies are and what their interests are. And again, this is how we develop connection. Could be on the just the smallest of things. Oh, we love Star Wars movies. Great. And so now we are able to avoid landmines, not get involved in, in the stuff you're worried about, social, political, religious issues in the workplace. But what we are finding is, is they would rather talk to us about the fact that we like Star Wars. And all of a sudden, this fear of connecting and conversating because you're worried about stepping on landmines, you go, oh, this is pretty easy. I can kind of sashay between the landmines with some confidence. And that's what I want you to get out of this. I'll give you an example of my own life. Uh, years ago, um, Stacy and I were living in the Atlanta area, and uh, a group of guys, um, we all decided that we were going to get together, and it was, it, was a, it, was, it was a good men's group. It wasn't a Bible study, but we would talk about our faith. Um, it was more of a, hey, we're, we're trying to be on purpose in our life. We were all in similar areas of life as far as age. And, and we're like, let's just get together. And we would go to this local restaurant, and we would have some food and beverage, and we would have intentional discussions. It wasn't just, hey, did you see uh, you know, John Wick this week? It wasn't that. And sometimes it would be faith base it would be philosophical it would be well what happened was is this one guy in the group who uh he 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 had a very different uh set of beliefs than most of us and absolutely confrontational and and loved to provoke well he had this ability to serve me a topic alex and, and he would put it right in front of me you know what i would do swallow it whole he just, he was good at it. He knew. Uh, Ken doesn't agree with me, and he is loaded. He's loaded. If I fire it at Ken, he's firing it back. Now, how do I know this? Because he told me after about the third or fourth night when we when we got in, and I realized what was happening. And I realized that I was getting uncomfortable because he was provoking me, and I didn't I shut down I would fire back a little bit but I realized what was going on I was like we're not here to debate and I don't even want to get in this conversation because it makes me so uncomfortable so what did I do after about two or three times I realized huh I'm not gonna win so I just started asking him more and more questions about why he believed what he believed and we ended up coming up with a lot of interesting topics where he and I agreed on certain philosophies you can win people over with healthy conversations. You were created to fill a unique role in your work, through your work, and that means you are needed you're really valuable. I promise. I don't care what anybody's told you or what you've believed about yourself for a long time. You really do have value because you were created to fill a unique role. Uh, and that means you must do it. And so anybody listening and watching right now and you fall in the category, and I'm going to talk to your emotion that is surrounding your work life right now, you are unhappy. You are unsure of your direction or you are unfulfilled 
in the type of work that you're doing now, you long for something else, you know what it is, my Get Clear assessment is for you. This is a 15-minute assessment where we ask you questions about yourself, and if you answer honestly, you're going to get a wonderful, wonderful snapshot of who you really are, true self-awareness, which will lead to confidence and then direction. So awareness, confidence, and direction. That's what this assessment gives you. How? Because we measure what you're best at doing. That's talent. We measure the type of work you love to do. We call that passion. And then we measure the results that motivate you. We call that mission. Those three aspects, a deep dive report, and then we put it together, those top answers, top results, in a purpose statement, which becomes the ultimate job description for you and gives you clarity and confidence and courage. It's called the Get Clear Assessment. Tens of thousands of people have gone through it. You can get it at kencoleman.com slash assessment, kencoleman.com slash assessment. All right, let's get to the phones. Kelly is ready to get coached up. She's calling us from Orange County, California. Kelly, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. How can I help? Hi, Ken. Thank you for taking my call, and mm-hmm. um, thank you for all the help that you've given me and everybody else. I really enjoy listening to the show. Thank you. Um I'm struggling right now with um, whether or not I should be searching for a new job, leaving my job. Um, I have a lot of things that I love about my job, but some things that I don't. And I'm on the crux of um, possibly, you know, having a, well, definitely having a second interview at a place that I'm interested in. And I just wonder sometimes if I'm running away from a job or running into a new opportunity for you know for growth and, oh, and honestly wow. pedal to the metal kind of um wow kind of situation <laughs> kelly i you have tremendous maturity and perspective right now i Thank love you. the way you pose the question am i running um, away from a job or am i running to something so let's just break it down i think you have the answers and i hope i can dissect and help you see what you think the answer is so what do you love about or like about the current job? Uh, I like a lot of the people that I work with. I don't like everyone I work with, but right. I like a lot of the people that I work with. I work at a private Christian high school, okay. and I've been there for 12 years. Okay. I just finished my 12th year. So I've been there a long time. I know a lot of things, a lot of people kind of, ele- you know, that institutional knowledge, elevated, um, you know, I just know a lot of things. I've seen a lot of growth and all that. And um, I do work as an executive assistant, office manager. So people come to me for everything. Um, What else? The other thing, I love that my husband works there. Uh, We work uh, uh, opposite schedules. So sometimes uh, during the week, that's kind of the only time we see each other is for 20 minutes or so at school. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. What else? Um, The other thing is... um, the pay, well, actually, the flexibility okay. is is something that's super important to me. Um, okay. Just, you know, if you need time off, you need sure. flex time a little what bit, else? that kind of stuff is a what huge else? deal. Uh, I'm kind of running out <laughs> Hey, Kelly, that's okay. Like, I want the honest <laughs> I want the honest answer, and I thought we were towards the end of the list, but I wanted to make sure. Okay, good. Okay. The pay is the good. It's not amazing, but it's good. It's good. Sure, sure, sure. So we've got, okay. we like the people. Um, the pay is fair, and we like the flexibility. All right. Right. Okay, great. Now, 
Do you have an alternative idea that has led you to apply at this other company? This is something you go, this is the kind of work I want to do. And does that align with the position that you're interviewing for? I am. I haven't looked at what other kind of work I'd like to do in the stage of life I'm in. I'm in my mid fifties and um, I would like to stay in this industry and stay in this type of work because I know that it is, it can provide a good living and maybe in seven to eight years when I, you know, if we, you know, peace out of California, I can look at something that I would love to do even more in a retirement situation, you know, semi-retirement. But there's reasons why I'm leaving and what has led me to apply many places. What? Um, (laughs) I have a very toxic boss Ah. and there's been a huge, I would say huge in the last three years, a very a huge shift in the the culture of the workplace. Okay, good. Um, and we kind of veil it all under Christian ministry, mm-hmm. and I see the the ugly side of that, like yeah. veiling the sure. ugly behavior. You know, shroud it in the Bible verse, and it's all okay. What effect is okay. that having? What effect are those changes, and is that boss having on you? Real, real it, here. Um, I. Sometimes I feel like a faker because I see the behavior like um, acted out on other people and the yeah. way he treats other people. Uh-huh. And I am, I feel a bit complacent. Like I don't feel like I can go to HR. I don't trust that person. I don't yeah. want to um, jeopardize my job or my husband's job. Yeah. Um, I've seen retribution happen, you know, it's for people who, you know, or people get kind of marginalized because they, you know, not whistle blew, but you yeah. know, told somebody told on someone um and a few months ago that toxic behavior that i've seen put on everybody else but never it was never uh directed at me was unleashed on me for a period Mm, and um Mm. i i I had plenty of counsel and 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 friends and spouse and and i i moved past it but it's what prompted me to yeah. start applying places. Good. Okay. People, you know, everybody that I told was like, you can do better. You can make more. Sure. You can, you can, you can. And it, it started me looking. I've had a lot of, um, no, I have a couple of first level phone interviews, a lot of no thank yous or moving in another direction. Mm-hmm. I thought they went well and then I would get, you know, that response. But then when I was just about to put the job search down because I thought maybe this isn't the best time, let's just go back to working and not, or let's, you know, let's move on. Um, I got a first interview and then I got a call for a second interview and that's where I'm at. I'm between the first and the second. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if I get in front of these people and they offer me the job, because a lot of people have told me in very complimentary way, once you get in front of someone, they're going to offer you the position. That's yeah, so the what? So are. that's so. I'm gonna I'm gonna address your question. Okay. Because I think it's the right question. Am I running away from something, or am I running to something? That's essentially what you said. Yes. And um, to me, the verdict is in. So that's it's uh, a it's a no brainer. I'll tell you that in a second. But we've only got a minute okay. and a half. I just want to know in 20 seconds. Okay. If they offered you the job. What would your heart tell you? You already oh know. Gosh. You already know. So stop oh. trying to edit the answer. Go ahead and tell me. What is the answer? My heart 
Oh, my heart's pulling me to stay where I am. Why? <sighs> quickly, I, quickly, tell me. I got about 50 seconds. I got to land the okay, plane. Okay, okay. What is it? I really, I really, I like the people that I work with. Yeah. I like seeing my husband. Yeah. But I want more money and I want to get away from that box. Yeah, I'm going to challenge you here. I think your head is telling you that. That's not your heart message. I think your heart, okay. I think your heart feels like a hypocrite because you aren't standing up to the problem. Uh, and I would validate you that you are not running away. Uh, I think you are actually t- making the right decision for you. This is going to only get worse because you can't change it. And you know you can't change it. You don't trust the situation. You don't want to harm your husband. This is a smart decision for you professionally. It is a smart decision for you emotionally and relationally. I would hold your head high. I think you're worried about those nice people resenting you because you leave them behind but that's not on you do what's best for you this is the ken coleman show thanks for listening to the ken coleman show for more you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on youtube you can also find ken across all social media by following at ken coleman